this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. If you were here on Sunday morning, we talked about starting the fast. We've done this now, I don't know how many years in a row. I can sense we're beginning to gain some momentum. People are catching on and, and really excited about the opportunity to fast. It's wonderful to hear people say, man, Pastor, we're ready to go this week. So if you're doing that, man, we're praying strength in you. Keep going, okay? Do something. Get, get outside of the ordinary and begin to fast. But also, over and over in the Bible, you will find out that fasting never is anything good to it unless you're praying with it, okay? Begin to seek God. Begin to pray. Begin to stand on the things of God and get ready. It'll be good, okay? It will release some things. That the Bible says over and over there in Matthew 6 that God will reward you openly. Something's going to happen. And I encourage you this time, if you are fasting and praying, begin to fast and pray for souls, for people, okay? Don't just make it about, well, Father God, I'd like a new car, and I'd like a new purse, and I'd like... I I don't think God's against that, but really, guys, the, the only thing that's going to be with us eternally is people. It's people. So get that in your heart. Well, go with me to Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28, and just some things the Lord's put on my heart here for each one of us, that when we learn to make our lives available to God, and that means to to surrender to Him, allow Him to be first place in our life, and all we say and we do, God will begin to transform you. The Word of God will begin to transform you. I'm going to tell you, you start reading the Bible, you want God to get inside you, just start reading the Bible. You let God get on the inside of you, and God will start changing from the inside out, and you'll begin to act different, you'll begin to think different, you'll begin to live different. And ultimately, what will happen, people will say, what happened to you? What a, even to me to this day, guys, I had a 30-year class reunion a couple years ago, and when I go back to it, people to this day will say, what happened to you? And I'll say, man, I gave my heart to Jesus, and look, you pastor? And I say, yeah. And they said, that shocks us. And I tell them, there's many days it still shocks me too. I promise you, it's still a great shock to me because of, of my past growing up. But it's all from just saying, you know what? I'm going to live by the word and I'm going to do the word. Proverbs 28, verse 1. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous, the uncompromising, are bold as a lion. The message says, honest people are relaxed and confident, bold as a lion. Now, when we talk about boldness here as a Christian, guys, I'm I'm not talking about something that's crazy, odd or irrational, subjective behavior. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about being weird. I'm talking about when you live with the boldness, with the things of God, there's a confidence that comes upon you. You know what that confidence comes? I start figuring out because the Bible tells me who I am in Christ Jesus, what I can have in Christ Jesus, and what I can do in Christ Jesus. And so there's a difference between arrogant in it and being confident. God wants you to be confident as a Christian. And He wants you to be so confident that you're bold with it, that you don't back off. And and when you believe that, that God has called you, and you believe that God has empowered you, and God leads you and equips you, there's going to be a boldness that's going to come upon you. That ultimately what happens, you can't keep your mouth shut about Jesus. 
Everywhere you go, you start telling people. You tell the little clerk at Walmart, do you know Jesus? You tell the, the, the guy at the, the, the gas station, do you know about Jesus? It's just a, a confidence that that boldness gets on the inside. Now go with me to Matthew 26. Matthew chapter 26. And I want to show you some things in the Word tonight. And I believe it's, it's a great word for the time we live in. That God doesn't call any wimpy Christians. He wants us to be bold in a loving way. Whatever it is with the thing, be bold with it. Matthew 26, begin with me in verse 31. Then Jesus said to them, talking to his disciples, All of you will be made to stumble, caused to take offense because of me. This night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now, when he talks about this, I, I believe for every one of us in here, that when you are truly living for God, you're going to face opposition. There's going to be opposition that's going to happen. Really, in my own life, when I'm not having opposition come against me, I really wonder if I'm doing the things of God. If I'm teaching the Bible and living by the Word of God, it's a sure sign in my life when there's not. And so he begins to tell them, you know what, you're going to end up deserting me. Verse 32. But after I've been raised from the dead, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Now, when you read this about Peter, Peter's life was, was often characterized with bold intentions followed with timid actions. That's how it almost always was. Until he got filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you look at this in, in Peter's eyes and his mouth, you begin to see that Peter had the habit of talking a lot before doing. But keep reading here with me. Verse 33, or verse 34. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Now, what he's talking about here is when Peter ultimately said to him, I don't care what the rest of those losers are going to do. I've got your back, Jesus. I've got your back. And when he says that, Jesus says to him, Listen, buddy, you're going to ultimately deny me three times before the rooster crows. Verse 35. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you, and so said all the disciples. Now, you know what happens to Peter? Exactly what Jesus said. That after the rooster had crowed, Peter had denied him three times. And Peter, you can look and say, he folded under pressure. But, after Jesus rose from the dead, Peter became a man full of passion, full of zeal, full of fire, and Peter was full of boldness. So turn over to Acts chapter 4, and I want you to see some things. Because one of the, the themes in the book of Acts was boldness. That the men in the Bible, in the book of Acts, they lived with bold faith, bold actions, bold, bold talk. And it wasn't ugly, it wasn't arrogant, but it was bold. It was a confidence. Now, as you're turning to Acts 4, let me highlight a few things. In Acts chapter 1, 
Jesus tells his disciples, he commands them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, they get filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is when Peter stands before all these people and boldly speaks what the prophet Joel prophesied in Joel 2. And I mean, he begins to prophesy. I think the boldness that was on Peter, I believe the other disciples were looking at him saying, did, did, did Peter drink too much Red Bull today? Did, did Peter get a hold of something we're not aware of? Because I've never seen Peter act this way. Acts 3, we keep following Peter's life. And Peter and the Apostle John go up to the temple to pray one morning. As they're on the way to pray, they meet this lame man. And the lame man was asking for alms. And Peter boldly looked at him and said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Now when I read that, Peter wasn't, he wasn't timid about it. He was bold. I mean, actually, when you read that passage in Acts 3, it literally says that, that Peter grabbed him by the shirt and picked him up and said, in the name of Jesus, of ne- rise up and walk. Now, I look at that and I think, this is someone who's confident in who he is in Christ Jesus. He knows who Jesus is in his heart. But he wasn't arrogant about it in any way. And so when we pick up here in Acts chapter 4, begin with me here in verse 1. I want you to see some things. Acts 4 verse 1. Now as they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now this is what Peter did. And when you look at what Peter did, guys... The Sadducees, they hated Jesus, and they didn't believe in the resurrection. And so Jesus right here, I mean, he, I mean, Peter goes after him immediately when he talks about Jesus, and he talks about the resurrection. Where's that in the Bible, the resurrection? That's Matthew 22, 23. You can read it, and you can see they didn't believe in the resurrection. So Peter gets under their skin pretty quick. Verse 3. And they laid hands on them. Now, they didn't lay hands on them in a good way. This wasn't for an impartation. They laid hands on them to throw them in jails when they laid hands on them. And they put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Not a few, but 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day, that their rulers and their elders and their scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, as many were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, being Peter and John, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Now what they were asking, by what power or what name have you done this, is when they got the lame man healed. And they look and they say, man, this guy got healed. And they're asking, how'd you guys pull that off? Verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to really get a hold of that, guys. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. God still fills people with the Holy Spirit to this day. And the word of God specifically says in Acts 1-8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. To be witnesses unto me. Tell you, one of the greatest gifts actually to me, it's right up there with Jesus. Getting born again and then getting filled with the Holy Spirit. 
This is powerful that you understand the transformation that came upon Peter's life, I believe, was when he got filled with the Holy Spirit. That this boldness started on the inside of him. And so it says specifically here, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, the lame man, by what means has he been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead by him, this man stands before you whole. Now Peter goes after him again, guys. Actually, what Peter says to these men here in, 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 in verse 10 was a declaration of war to him. Once again, he refers to Jesus. And number two, he gets off and says, Whom you killed, you guys did it. But number three, he gets back over and he says, But he's raised from the dead. So he puts all that down and says, Listen, this is what's happened. Now understand this, guys. It wasn't that long before this that these same men had killed Jesus. They crucified him. And when Peter set, stood up and said this to him, guys, with a boldness, his life was on the line. There was an opportunity that the same thing that happened to Jesus would happen to him. But it didn't move him. It didn't concern him the least bit. And I believe even in our society right now, when we have a passion about something, the things of God, we ought to be bold with it. I'm not talking about arrogant. I'm not talking about ugly. I'm not talking about being a weirdo. I'm talking about just a loving boldness. You know, when I go into a restaurant and, and, and pray over my meal, I don't do that to entertain people. That's a passion for mine. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care what restaurant I'm going to go into. I'm going to grab hands and we're going to pray. I don't care if I get on the airplane. When I get on an airplane, people are nervous and say, Oh my God, I hope we don't crash today. I tell them, man, pray. Grab your hand. Grab my hand right here. There ain't nothing going to happen to us today. There's a boldness that will come upon you. That I know who I am. And that's the key that every one of us, through the Word of God, we allow the Word of God to start defining who we really are. I am who God says I am. What does that mean? Well, I'm more than a conqueror, so are you. I am? Yeah. I can do all things through Christ Jesus' strength. That's Philippians 4, 13. The other one was Romans 8, 37. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That's 1 John 4, 4. All that is, is start living with you know who you are in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Even the boldness, guys, you're seeing in the United States of America more and more our religious freedoms taken away. And I believe it's not going to get any better. And I believe the day is going to be coming where when you start speaking in the name of Jesus, you better get ready. This is why we need to be ready right now. Allow the Word of God, allow the Holy Spirit to come on the inside of us and transform us just like He did Peter. Verse 11. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which he's talking about Jesus, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now that's big, guys, right now. It's big we understand, and you know what? I'm not going to offend people 
but I'm sure not going to back off of the truth. That the God I serve, that the Jesus who's my Lord and Savior, is not the same God the Muslims serve. And He's not the same God of the Buddhists. And I don't say that ugly. I pray for them daily. But I will tell you this right now. I'm not going to back off telling people the truth. And that's exactly what Peter did right here. He said to these people, the only way you can be saved is how? Through Jesus. Through Jesus. Will this offend some people? Absolutely. People get mad over stuff like this. But it didn't cause him to back off. Verse number 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. So you begin to see something here, guys. A pattern. That just as Jesus' name was controversial, 2000 is still controversial. But in this passage right here, they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And it says here that it, it kind of shocked them because they were uneducated and untrained. The Greek for this right here means ordinary. God uses ordinary, normal, average Joes. Now that word ordinary right there in the Greek context is the word I-D-I-O-T-A-S. It's the root word we get in America for idiots. So guess what? These religious leaders looked at Peter and John and said, how can this happen? They're a bunch of idiots. I love it because you know what it shows me? Number one, God will use anybody. Number two, you take mankind out of the equation. They were untrained, they were uneducated. But man, I'm telling you, you can't deny the power. You can't deny miracles. You can't deny the things of the Spirit of God. And this is what's happening. God will use us, guys. So many times we have this thought, well, I don't have this degree. I don't have a PhD. I don't God's not looking. Peter was a fisherman. God will use us when we surrender. Keep reading. Verse 14. And seeing the man who had been healing, or had been healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. They couldn't deny it. But when they commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, a notable or remarkable miracle has been done through them, and it's evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. We don't believe it, but we can't deny it. We don't understand it, but we sure can't ignore it. I mean, you can say whatever you want, the proof of the pudding's in the eating. Here's this lame man standing there like, here I am. Deny it. You can't. How many of you have ever seen a miracle take place? I, I, was, I was just born again. I, I bet I hadn't been born again and living for Jesus but a couple weeks. And I saw a young man that they prayed for him in the name of Jesus who had been deaf his whole life. He started snapping his fingers in his ear. They'd lay hands on him, and all of a sudden, I started seeing his head move. And his mama began to not, not weep. She began to wail. You can imagine. I, I probably was 10 or 11 years old, and this mom saw a miracle right there. And when I saw that miracle, I thought, what happened here? 
how this happened? How could it be? I've never forgot that day with what I saw. It was such a shock to me, man. I, I was just coming out of, of being a teenage alcoholic. Actually, I wasn't out of it yet. And it was such a shock to me that we're going down the street, and I tell my brother, I said, pull over to that 7-Eleven. And he said, what for? And I said, i got to have a drink. That freaked me out too much. It was that big of a shock. Don't look at me like you guys are so holy. I'm just telling you the truth. That's what happened. I hadn't forgot that part either. But man, I tell you, those things happen and you look and you say, man, I can't deny that and this is what's happened. Here's this guy who a miracle's taking place. Verse 15. But when they had commanded them to go outside, or verse 16, 17, but so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Now I want you to catch something right here because when they first said this in this verse, they said, don't you dare speak to anyone in this name. They wouldn't even say that name. Now think about that just right now. In America, you watch on TV. You just watch when people are being interviewed. And people can handle a little God talk, a little higher power talk. Well, give us a little religious talk. You can even talk a little bit about spiritual things. But I'll tell you right now, when you mention the name of Jesus, woo! Sirens go off, buzzers go off, and they pull the mic. Why? I'm going to tell you guys, when you make a stand in the name of Jesus, get ready. We were watching a, a, a ball game the other night, and this, this young man played a great ball game. And, of course, Shelly, she doesn't, she doesn't watch football. She had nothing to do with it. She didn't have a clue about it. But I'm sitting here telling her about this guy they're interviewing. And I said, he's a strong believer. And about that time, they asked him, about playing such a great game. And he said, I just got to give my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ glory. And I promise you guys, right after they said that, is pull the mic. And they said, well, let's get old Bubba in here. And I thought, here it is. Here it is. So why am I saying this? There's a warning to us, guys. There's going to be persecutions that are going to come because of the name of Jesus. More and more and more. So keep reading with me, verse 18. So they called them and commanded to them. Now, guys, when they commanded them, that wasn't a suggestion. That wasn't a warning. That wasn't a little tap on the wrist. When they commanded them, what they meant here is there's going to be some physical pain to you. And so they commanded them not to speak at all, nor to teach in the name of Jesus. Verse 19. But Peter and John answered and then said, whether it is right in your sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things of God which we have seen and we have heard. Now, any time, guys, that you're excited about something, you're passionate about something, we as human beings, we got to tell somebody. Man, we'll pick up. It, does, it doesn't matter what it is. You may have saw a great movie, and I mean, you got home and you picked up the You started telling everybody about the movie. I mean, here with football going on, I mean, you, you can't stop talking about the ball game. Did you see what happened? Did you? I mean, it's like tonight. If someone came walking in here right now and said, did you know right over here at this Walmart gas is $1.99? We would all scream, ah! 
I mean, somebody walked in here and said, such and such place was having buy one, get one free. We'd all scream. Why? People are excited. They have a passion about things. What about the things of God? And this is what I begin to see about Peter and John. Those guys had a passion about God. And they looked like, you're telling us, you're threatening us, that we can't speak in the name of Jesus anymore? I don't think so. I don't think so. Now here's the point even with Peter. The point isn't boldness. The point is this. When you start hanging out and spending time with Jesus and in the Word of God, boldness is going to come. There's going to be something happen on the inside of us. So they get all these threats here. I want you to look above verse 23. And in my Bible, it says, they pray for boldness. When they got all these threats, guys, they didn't quit. They didn't run home and say, that's it. We're not doing this no more. This is crazy. Instead, they said, let's pray for boldness. Now, for time's sake, look at verse 29. Now, Lord... Look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Do you know that word boldness right there means cheerful courage? It's interesting right here. They didn't pray for protection. They prayed that they would speak the word with boldness. Man, these guys were committed. They were all in. They weren't a little dabble, do you, Christians? Verse 30. By stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. That word boldness there means ordinary and unprofessional people. Now, when I begin to look at this, many times right now, we'll have people say this. Really, the best example we can be is in our actions. And I believe that at times. People watch what you do, but not always. I believe when I read this right here, yeah, it's, it's important that you live godly. But if you'll note right here on several different verses in verse 20, Look at verse 20. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Verse 29. Grant that with all boldness that we may speak your word. Verse 31. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. See, it's even more than that. Not just living right all the time. But there's got to be a boldness that comes out of our mouth at times too. And the boldness will come when you tell people the truth. Say, this is God. This is what, let me tell you about Jesus. And I began to look at different instances in the Bible. One that really came to me was a man named King David. And in 1 Samuel chapter 30, he gets in trouble. He loses everything he has. You're talking about having a bad hair day. He lost his wife. He lost his children. I should say wives. He had more than one. Bless him. He lost his children. I don't mean that ugly, ladies. <laughs> and he lost his home. He lost everything. Everything he had was all in one day. And then he's weeping and crying, and the men that he'd been so good to, they said, let's kill him. It's David's fault, let's kill him. And so you know what he does? He, he asked uh, Abathar the priest, he said, bring me the ephod. 
And anytime David put on the ephod, that means he's going to seek God. He's going to pray. And so David goes in there, and it says specifically in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6 or verse 8, that David began to encourage himself in the Lord. You know what I believe he did? I believe he started reminding himself that when he was a little boy, how he tended those sheep and he whipped the lion and the bear. And I believe he started going back and saying, Father God, I remember when you were with me, when, when you helped me whip that big giant named Goliath. And Father God, I remember this. And when he started reminding himself of all the things God had done with him, there was a boldness that came upon him. And when he came out of that tent, he looked at the boys and said, Attack, let's go get them. And I believe that's the same as us. I believe there's days, each one of us, you need to preach to yourself. Your kid, no, look in the mirror and start saying, this is who God says I am. And when you do that, there's going to be a boldness that's going to jump out of you. And you'll have the eye of the tiger. Lions and tigers and bears, who cares? Full of God. Full of the Holy Ghost. I'm full of Jesus. And so I believe, guys, God is wanting to stir up a passion of boldness. And every one of us, start spending time with God. Start hanging out with Jesus and start saying, I am who he says I am. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.